Welcome on everyone to another episode of Side of the Storm. My name is Evan Westling, and as always, I'm joined uh, alongside my co-host, Mr. Brandon Ness, as we are here to recap um, last week's action as Iowa State um, dropped a very frustrating one in Lubbock in overtime to Texas Tech, and then obviously bouncing back, dominating Kansas um, last Saturday. But before we go ahead and get into that, um, or I guess also, and we will be previewing the upcoming week. Uh, but before we go ahead and get all started with all that, Brandon, Brandon uh, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing pretty well. Getting ready to watch the Kansas game tonight. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Iowa State, even after kind of a rough week, yeah. I guess, in a sense, is still in a really good position to put themselves in the upper half of the conference and maybe even push for first place, which is really weird to say at this point. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but certainly the talking point later tonight, probably near the end of the episode, is something that we'll end on is um, what the results of the Kansas-Texas game can do for Iowa State um, and both those teams. But before we go ahead and hop into the reaction from last week and the preview for this week, I'm going to start things off with the AP poll as always. Um, Iowa State got went up two spots. Um, they are now number 11. As for the Big 12, uh, Texas is at the top at number 5. Uh, behind them is Kansas at 9, then it is us. K-State is one spot behind us at number 12. Uh, Baylor's up to 14, and then TCU is down to 17. And they're a team right now where they are just begging for Mike Miles because they are without a doubt not the same TCU team. Um, and when this team is healthy, TCU is one of those teams that I could see making a run in Kansas City. Um, and so on and so forth, uh, and even the big tournament um, out out in March. But you need Mike for that. So yeah, I think honestly, any of the six top teams in the Big Twelve could realistically be second weekend type teams. And the crazy thing is, I don't think a single one is going to be a one seed. You're probably going to have no. maybe one or two two seeds, and then a whole lot of three through five. I feel like honestly, you may only end up with one, and it's who it's, it's whoever's going to win it. Yeah. Um, but while we're at the top of the pecking order right now, we'll go over the Big 12 standings. Um, Texas is in sole possession currently with an 8-2 and two record. Um, they obviously had a big win in Manhattan. Uh, they were down, I believe, double digits at half, um, came back to win that one. Uh, Iowa State is in sole possession of second right now, uh, one game back from Texas, sitting at that 7-3 and three record, which is where games like Tech – and Okie State are certainly frustrating, especially the way that they were lost. Um, and again, we'll continue to talk about that later. Uh, there is a four-way tie for third place. Um, again, I feel like at this point we've talked about it enough. There is there's a six, and then there's a two, and then there's a two. Um, and the four remaining teams of that six, TCU, K-State, Baylor, and Kansas, all tied at six and four for that third place spot. And as we mentioned, I guess we could maybe open up with this, I suppose, before we react. Um, the implications of that Texas-Kansas game is huge. Um, if Texas does lose and Iowa State beats West Virginia on Wednesday, uh, Iowa State will be tied with Texas, but kind of technically be in sole possession because they have the tiebreaker, but again, has, haven't played Texas a second time. Um, and then as for Kansas, if they lose... Um, you can kiss winning it goodbye if, if you're a Jayhawk fan. And at that point, I guess you're kind of competing to get a three at the highest, in my opinion. Kansas is just in a weird position for them. Yeah. And I think you saw it a little bit on Saturday. They just don't really have the pieces this year. 
which you don't usually see. Their bench is not quite there. And usually they don't have the guards, to be honest. If it's not Wilson or Dick, they just kind of look around and are like, oh, well, I guess it's over. Yeah, and we'll get into that later. But, I mean, not to see Kansas at the top for once. It's crazy. And I, yeah. I, honestly, I don't know if I'd rather have Kansas or Texas win it this year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, and nonetheless, it's it's definitely good to have some parity in the conference again. Yeah, and as I mentioned, it's a 6-2-2. Um, that the drop-off before the next drop-off, Oklahoma State and West Virginia. Oklahoma State is 5-5 five and five in conference play now. Um, and West Virginia is 3-7, and seven, although we'll get into this, obviously, as we preview West Virginia. They're a lot better team than that win-loss in the Big 12. Um, overall, they are 14-9. and nine, So um, then um, Oklahoma's 2-8. and eight. Again, weird to see a 2-8 and eight and just a 12-11 and 11 team just stomp the number two team in the country, or I think they're number three now. Either way, um, and then Texas Tech won. One and nine at the bottom. Um, But that's your rankings or standings. Um, And I'm sure we'll touch back on those throughout the night. But we're going to go ahead and get it started with the recap. Uh, We'll start things off with the one that will probably have more conversation. Well, maybe not. I don't know. Um, Obviously, Iowa State lost 80-77 to to Texas Tech um, a week ago today, I guess. Um, Really, really rough watch. Um, it was, uh, not a bad watch for the first, what, 28, 28. minutes? Yep. Um, Caleb Grill, even with the back issue, um, eight of 12 from three at one point, it was seven of eight. Kind of at the end, he was just chucking up desperation shots for the team. Um, but phenomenal night from him. Um, Gabe, uh, I think his stats kind of sway you a different way or at least point total-wise, uh, 19 on 8 of 19 shooting, 0 of 6 from 3 with 4 turnovers. It was a rough couple back-to-back games for him. Um, Taman had 11, a lot of points, but by far his worst game of his career with 4 turnovers. Um, then there was 9 from Jaron, 6 from Shun, 4 from Burt, and 2 from Trey and Marion. Um, so that was kind of your scoring for Iowa State. Uh, to quickly touch on Texas Tech, in my opinion, the only two guys really need to talk about is Kevin O'Banners. He had 24. He actually had a double-double. He had 13 rebounds. Um, so really good night from him. He was also 11 of 15 at the line, which is just some we'll talk about later as well. Um, and then 16 um, from Davion Harmon, which were all second half slash overtime. Um, and really, Harmon and... Okay, so I guess here's where we'll start off. It was... Fantastic first twenty eight minutes, Brandon. What's your? I'll I'll pass the mic over because I've been talk, I've been talking a little bit, but um, give us the rundown of the first twenty eight before we get over to where it all collapsed. First twenty eight minutes, Iowa State was the aggressor, offensively and defensively. They really had that sense of urgency all game. Um, obviously, when Caleb Grill is eight of nine from three, yeah. that helps. When Caleb makes eight threes a game, you need to win. Yeah. Um, it, With but, a bad back. Right. Well, and that's something we'll get into later as well, I think, but it's not necessarily a um, coincidence that he does does this after having a game off. Yeah. I think we're at the point in the season where it's just 
it'd be really nice to have a one game week, but we have the SEC challenge in there, of course. So you don't get that, but it was really just grill. And then, I mean, everybody else struggled to say the least. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's just the press eventually wore us down. I think when you have these Saturday, Monday turnarounds, you're going to see a lot of this in the second half where it's just depth is kind of hurting. Everybody gets tired and then it's, home court really kicks in and once you have that energy behind you I think that team usually wins yeah I mean without a doubt the thing that was it it really started with the guards um Texas Tech was in our face um when they need I mean for the most part of the night but it got to a point in the second half where fatigue kind of set in and uh it drove the guard crazy which is you know why it was one of Tama's worst games and in a weird spot you know we always say that you know, you need Taman because the offense doesn't run without Taman. But, you know, watching that game, me and Bram were just kind of sitting here like, okay, do we want to pull Taman? It was it was a weird spot because Jaron isn't a, a Jaron isn't good at running the one. So Iowa State with Jeremiah Williams be, not being able to play for the year, they don't have a true point guard outside of Taman. But that, you know, Monday night we're all sitting here saying. Is he the best option? Especially, and I'm surprised there wasn't a similarity against Kansas. Texas Tech really set up a blueprint that is not a very hard blueprint, but the way you eliminate Taman. And it's just sag off him because right now he can't shoot. He does not have a jumper. And I was kind of surprised Kansas didn't pick up on that, really. And that's something we'll touch on in that game. But, yeah, it was certainly a rough night for him. He had four turnovers. Jaron had four turnovers. Gabe had four turnovers. All in the second Grill half. with three. I mean, it was just a lot. Um, so I think that's, you know, the turnovers was what really led Texas Tech to a lot of easy buckets when they needed it. Um, but then the next part of it, as I guess we're now starting to get into the decline of what all happened, it's something that we even pointed out, which we thought was going to be a struggle after that UConn game. It, it was it was rebounding the basketball and fouling. And I, I want to open up with this statement first before I kind of let Brandon talk about the collapse. I, I made a, I made, I put a tweet out from the Side of the Storm account. Quick plug. Go ahead and follow us at Side of the Storm. I'm also doing something new that's a little bit easier for you guys. Down below in the description of the podcast has our, um, you know, just the at for our Twitter, Side of the Storm, along with me and Brandon's personal Twitters if you ever want to follow us on there. Um, but anyway, going back to this, I put out a tweet responding to someone showing a screenshot of the foul differential. One thing I want to make very clear as a fan base, we need to wrap our head around the fact this team fouls a lot. This isn't a one game thing, the foul differential. It happens almost every time because what this team really struggles to do is in spurts, like they play a physical style of defense, but they have spurts where they don't play physical, they foul. And what I can get behind is people being frustrated about, oh, you didn't call this stuff in the first half, and now you're calling everything. That's perfectly fine to be frustrated about. But what is a thing is Iowa State fouls way too much, and giving your opponent 37 free throw attempts, you can't do that, and you can't expect to win that way. Um, so that, that that was kind of my first thing, and also certainly rebounding down the stretch hurt Iowa State. Yeah, I think, honestly, we got to the point of the game in the second half where I think we literally just got tired. When that happens, you get to a spot where you're a step slow, and especially in our trapping defense, if you're a step slow, you're going to foul a lot because almost every single one was a blocking foul, Yeah, and that just says you got there late. 
So I think that was the main thing, obviously. Uh, the last couple of games, the first half and second half, are officiated completely differently. We saw it in Texas Tech and the Kansas game. They go from calling nothing to everything, and the game doesn't shift that much. No. So there is a little bit of that where you can complain a little bit, but like you said, we play a physical style, and that's ultimately why we're good because we can't outscore people. Mm-hmm. And you saw that late in the game, but uh, I don't know. It's I don't want to harp on this too much because Saturday was much more positive, but, I mean, Texas Tech was also out their two best players. Mm. Um, so, and again, it's just 23 and, like, 10, 12 minutes. I think that's what the frustrating thing. It it wasn't just a 23-point second-half collapse. It was a 23, like, basically fourth-quarter collapse, yeah. if that's how you want to look at it. And so I think that's the really frustrating part. Um, you know, Brandon went into the week saying one-and-one. He didn't know where the winner of the loss was going to be. Um, and I was – we had made it very clear we thought it was a trap. And I went 2-0, and and, you know, I was feeling pretty good about it. <laughs> um, or at least the shot at it going into the Kansas game. Um, but obviously, I, th- I just think it, the quick turnaround didn't help by any means. The team was tired. Um, but uh, they got a big spark on Saturday, and he didn't score. Um, but Jazz Coons, so I guess we're going to shift pace over to Kansas, as Brandon noted, a Thank much goodness. more positive note. Um, one th- the one thing I want to start off with was Jazz. Obviously, he returned no points, 0-3 from 3. Those were his only field goals. Um, not getting any boards, but I think he forced two or three charges. And it just it's an, it's, it's a shooter the defense has to respect, and I- Iowa State's offense flows a lot better when you have – a guy like Jazz who can knock down shots. So, you know, he didn't knock him down, but, you know, again, it's his first game back. Um, but I can't state enough how much that helps Iowa State offensively and defensively. Um, you saw it defensively more uh, with drawing those charges. Um, but, you know, offensively, again, like I said, they didn't fall down, but that was huge to kind of have one more guy in there. Um, so, again, to open up, obviously, Iowa State won 68-53. And I saw a tweet from Rich Holdenberg. I believe he said that was the lowest point total by a Bill Self team in Big 12 conference play ever. So credit to Iowa State's defense. Um, But, yeah, Brandon, your thoughts from this game? Yeah, I'll start with the Jazz thing. And he's not out there to be the leading scorer or anything. So him going 0 for 3 or whatever he was from 3 is not a big deal. He's out there to be the calming presence. And since, like we saw in the Texas Tech game, we don't really have another ball handler other than Taman. He can be that guy. Mm. There was a couple times where Kansas did press us, and he was the one that took it up, calms it down, even if we get going too fast in the half-court sets. He's the guy just to pull it out and just everybody chill for a second. Yeah. Um, so I, he looked rusty, which is fine. I mean, when you have a guy like Trey King who's putting up 10 points in the first half, you don't really need to score. No. And it's this roster this year is one of the more deep ones we've seen in a long time. I mean, we're, I mean, you know, people are kind of, and we've certainly been questioning why Hassan hasn't been playing over uh, Burt. And I think we're just going to drop that narrative now. Like we said, it's not going to change. But now you kind of throw in Demarion. I think he's going to be in the same spot as Ward with Jazz being back. And Trey playing the way he is, Demarion and Ward are probably joining Eli and the 
CEO. And I don't like that at all because I think Demarion's going to be really good in the future. And at this point in college basketball, you don't want to sit guys the last two months of the year because they're going to transfer. Yeah. And he's going to be one of those guys that you look at, like Blake Henson right now, where it's he's putting up 20 game. So I'd like to play him, whether it's eight minutes a game, I don't care. It's not like we're... You have the minutes spread out enough. You can go small if you need to. I think a guy like Demarion really needs to be in there because he just brings so much to the team. And he was improving every single game he played, and now you just don't play him. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, especially when Jazz wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire. Yeah, um, but that will be something interesting going forward, but I think it said a lot to not really see Demarion play whatsoever. Um, yeah, uh, Ott's played eight. Um, so even at the end of the game, didn't put in Demarion or Eli or Hassan. So definitely interesting. Um, we'll see what goes on. Part of me feels like this is kind of the eight that we'll be rolling with uh, unless Iowa State gets into some big foul trouble. Which is possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think probably at this point it's more of a um, odds kind of playing offense heavy, more in a sense of guys that can score. Um, Hassan's not a scorer. Demarion's not a scorer. And I think that's kind of where he's at. Whereas Jazz and Trey can give you that offensive production but still play good defense. So I, I do agree with Brandon. It's With Demarion, it's a dangerous one in a sense to kind of be doing that. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you don't want to really lose that, but we know Otz isn't, doesn't have a problem hitting the portal and getting kind of those vet guys. And um, this is something we don't need to harp on a lot because there was a big win on Saturday. But, you know, the recruiting class that is coming in, um, Milan Makovilovich. Mom yeah, Mom Silovich. Um, he like right now is hitting five, six three pointers a game, right now. He's and been really good. He's getting and, five, oh, six threes and seventeen rebounds. I mean, Omaha is going to get the headlines. Fair enough, but Milan's kind of the missing piece, and as fans, the piece that we've been complaining about not having. Um, so I think, you know, kind of looking, Milan's going to be your score. Omaha fits, like, perfectly in as your post presence. But you get those two guys, you're going to get um, probably some help in a point guard in, with Hamilton. Um, and even the next few years, just the recruiting class you do have. So you don't want to lose him, um, obviously, and that's something we can definitely focus on on a later day. But, um, yeah, certainly a talking point for now. Yeah, and we have – so many pieces like depth is not an issue per se it just gets brought up so much about rotations and everything and it's it's definitely not an issue to have guys that you can play when you need to it's just when the team prides itself on defense and you don't have warder to marion out there that cause a ton of chaos even when the press is out there or whatever it's interesting but obviously they were successful with the lineup they had going forward so you can't complain too much um something come out of coming out of this game that I thought was interesting is Kansas wasn't really competitive the last 15 minutes, really. Yeah. And I think it's really evident when they put Yesifu in there for 20 minutes. Yeah. And give him the green light. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You could kind of tell Bill Self gave up towards the end, which you never really see with him. And um, Also, student section, not the highest basketball IQ. They're going through the game saying we should guard Wilson. 
that's the plan is to let him get his 20 because yeah. he's going to get it no matter what. And just It's always shutting down company, which in this case for them is really just dick. And you kind of look at why Iowa State lost in Lawrence. It was Grady Dick. I mean, right. simply put. And so It's fine if Wilson gets his 26. It's half of their points. You shut down everybody else. I mean, that's why you won 15, right? So. Yeah. But, yeah, Iowa State scoring, we haven't really talked about a whole lot. Leading the way was Jaron Holmes with 15. Then it was 13 from Shun, 10 from Trey, 9 apiece from Taman and Caleb, 8 from Gabe, and 4 from Burt. A um, couple things I'll talk about. Um, my three guys I want to talk about are Jaron, Taman, and Shun. Uh, Jaron just is kind of the steady hand, I guess. It's never a flashy night, and you're always like, Oh, he had 15, oh, he had 20. It just never seems that way. He also just seems like a completely different human in in uh, in Hilton, for whatever reason. He just uh, – but he was four or six from three. Uh, he He's kind of the drought stopper. Um, he just figures it out when he needs to. So that's, uh, you know, kind of an underrated piece for Iowa State. Um, oh, I guess I want to talk about Trey. That's not, not Shun. Credit to Shun. It was the games where he's – Going down in the post, it gives Iowa State a lot of help. But the one guy more so I want to talk about than Shun post presence is Trey. Now Kansas isn't doesn't have a big, so they kind of stick what they have for bigs on Shun, which left Trey with some really good matchups. Um, but again, if you can kind of work Trey and Shun more as a duo down low, I think that's really going to be beneficial for Iowa State. Also, considering Trey is has the ability to knock down some mid range jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one is Taman. Obviously, we talked about he had the worst game of his career um, against Texas Tech, and you could really argue he bounced it back with one of his best. Um, a near triple-double, nine points, ten assists, eight rebounds. Um, crazy good performance, three steals, only two turnovers. Um, he looked like a freshman in Lubbock, and he looked like a vet in Saturday. So He just looked so much more comfortable, and I think some of it was the matchups he had self-put McCuller on him when you're walking up the court so then when we naturally do that ball screen action and handoff with Kalsher then they switch so I thought that was pretty interesting that they did that um he was guarding Harris on the other side and completely shot him down he did nothing all game so yeah a really good game out of Taman and obviously one of his two turnovers was the second possession and you kind of look at everybody and like oh boy here we go again Another cross court pass that gets picked off, and he really bounced back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, it was not very many times you see uh, the bully get bullied, and Iowa State did that to Kansas on Saturday. So great win, and I think now it's just kind of again you you look at, and we knew Iowa State would lose some to some of the lower teams. It just that's just how Iowa State works. And really in this Big 12, it's just going to happen a lot as we've seen it throughout the league. Um, I think the more frustrating thing is the way they were lost. Obviously, Iowa State had a 10-point lead going into half in Stillwater. You lose a grill and the offense was non-existent. Texas Tech, you blew a 23-point fourth-quarter lead. That's what we're going to call it. Um, so th- those are the two that are really frustrating. I uh, can't be too mad about the one in Lawrence only losing by two. That's never a bad thing to lose by two yeah. at Kansas. So. Um, you know, those are the two that you're going to continue to maybe bite your tongue on, especially I think now <clears throat> Iowa State can certainly, um, you know, 
you can certainly look at uh, competing for a, a one spot, uh, potentially winning the Big 12, but I think maybe the more important thing in my eyes is getting the slot in Des Moines, and you're fighting with K-State for that. So it kind of comes down to, between the two of us, who can win those lower-tier games because Iowa State's 5-1 and one against the top six right now. Um, they'll have uh, most of those on the road besides TCU, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you're fighting with K-State and Marquette. Um, and I think K-State's out of two in most projections right now, so it's pretty much hoping they lose. And then we just need to take care of business at home. If you do that, you should be in position to be a three or four, and hopefully that gets you there. Kansas might tank down, and that would open up another spot for us. So you're pretty much just fighting with three other teams for the Des Moines slot. And if you don't get that, hopefully you get something like Denver where it's somewhat close. Just not Albany, please. Just not Albany <laughs> or Greensboro or something like that where nobody wants to go to. But, I mean, you can't complain too much, obviously. Going into the year, you're just saying, hopefully we can get into the tournament. Yeah. And you're in. I think that was the seventh win, right? Yeah. So you're in unless you completely collapse, which let's hope not. But, I mean, I think Tech had to be the most infuriating loss. Mm. Probably that or Iowa, but that was over in the first two minutes of the game. So Yeah. Uh, certainly can... one that doesn't really have ramifications on your season whatsoever. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, we'll move on. We spent a good chunk of time kind of bounced around winning on to recruiting somehow. Sorry for leading us astray. But um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and start with a preview of this week. Iowa State opens up at West Virginia Wednesday night. Um, Iowa State um, it has a 34.5% chance to win in Morgantown, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. Um, yeah, uh, West Virginia, good team. Um, they're projected to be one of the last four in as of right now. Um, and they, even though with a 3-7 conference record, they're receiving five votes now um, in the AP pool. So, you know, as long as Huggins there, it's it's going to be a competitive team. And the atmosphere at Morgantown is certainly always going to be one of the best. Um, you know, for them, it's no pro team. They are the – there's no West Virginia State or anything like that. It is West Virginia. So it's – Marshall. Thank you for DeAndre Kane, but that's about all I can say. Yeah. Um, no, Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true. Um, but no, I mean, outside, I mean, it's it's a crazy fan base, a passionate fan base. Um, so it's going to be a tough place to play, and I think the big storyline to start off with is the guard matchups. Yeah, I'll start off by saying I absolutely hate hate this matchup. It seems like it's going to be another rough game on the road is unfortunate, but they have a lot of quick guards that can get to the hoop. What does that sound like? It sounds like Texas Tech in the second half. Yeah. So if we don't adjust and maybe try zone when they're driving past you all game, it could be a rough game, but they also don't have a ton of scores that are consistently there. I mean, Toussaint, obviously we know him from Iowa. He can get to the basket if he needs to, but he's not going to lay it on fire from the outside. It's pretty much just Stevenson's the only shooter. Yeah, and Stevenson is our leading scorer, just under 15 a game. Um, behind him, Trey Mitchell has 12, as Brandon mentioned, Toussaint at 10 and a half. Um, then they got a guard, uh, Kedron Johnson with 10, and then Emmett Matthews has um, oh, man. nine. I forgot about him. He transferred out and then went back. <laughs> He's a grill guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just kind of uh, – it's – 
I, I think the big thing is they're not overly big. Um, they're they're big. Mitchell is a six nine stick. So hmm. maybe we can go small. I I just think it's pretty similar to Kansas. They're not going to have a true big, um, or at least. I think the big thing, again, is you look at the minutes when you had Shun and Trey, and I think that's where Iowa State can really take an advantage offensively. Because um, I do think it's going to be an interesting night. Um, defensively, I would probably say... Um, I, I would I would honestly test zone early on. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I would try to give the defense some help as West Virginia goes to the hoop. Um, so we'll see there. You know, if West Virginia is knocking down threes, obviously switch out of that, and I'm sure Iowa State won't start with the zone. Um, but I think to kind of give the guys down low some help um, with the speed of these guards, that that'd be the best thing. And I know a lot of people have kind of looked at that Texas Tech game and the press that hurt Iowa State, and they're like, oh, press Virginia. It's not the same West Virginia. So I wish it was. They were fun to watch, but they're not that anymore. Uh, but, yeah. It's going to be a really tough environment. Um, I would not be shocked to see Iowa State drop this one. This is just good team, really good environment on the road. So They do have a big. They do? 6'10", 285. That's pretty large. Okay, who is that? Jimmy Bell. He's not averaging a ton, but he's big. Well, my apologies then. Goodness sakes. 285. <laughs> it's going to make Shun look like a midget. Or a small person. I think that's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> um, but, no, yeah. Uh, so maybe I might retract that statement on the bigs. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, it's it just – hopefully Iowa State doesn't let West Virginia shoot free throws for the rest of the half uh, for the last 14 minutes of the game. Oh, they will. It's all right. Just go one-on-one one this week. It's the same thing we've been saying all season. I mean, honestly, best-case scenario for Iowa State is splitting every week. And you look at uh, – you know, Iowa State's got a stretch. It's not obviously not this week, but the following week, um, Iowa State's week includes TCU, mm-hmm. and then at K State, that's the one where if you go one on one, I'd be more than ecstatic. Um, and then Iowa State's got a stretch down the road where it's Oklahoma, West Virginia, back to back home games. That'd feel like the first time Iowa State could win two in a row, and <laughs> since they opened up four and zero. But yeah, I mean, at this point in the season, it's you made the tournament just being a steady pace um you know if you win out at home which is certainly more than possible hopefully mike miles doesn't play against us um, i'm not going to sit here and ask him to play he can get healthy later um uh but you know iowa state wins those four they're an 11 win team um in big 12 play you know if you're able to maybe get one on the road for the rest of the year which would honestly your best opportunity is west virginia um, you're looking at a team that's going to go 11-7 or 12-6 and in Big 12 play, and that's going to get you four seed as at the as at the minimum. Yep. We really put ourselves in a really good position come March. Um, I think pretty much everywhere has this as a three seed right now. You're not really going to move too much at this point in the year. It's just pretty much you're moving from two to six, anywhere from there. And a six would be completely dropping off, which I don't expect out of this team. They're much more drought-proof than last year's team. They can score more than 36 on a given night. Hopefully that doesn't happen again on Saturday. We'll see. But I don't know. So this week, you definitely don't need 2-0 necessarily. It'd be nice if you got it. 
but you put yourself in the position so far where it's if you lose at West Virginia, that's fine, and then rely on home home crowd and get that win against Oklahoma State, which I would expect they win. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, not going to spend too much time in Oklahoma State. Obviously, more time on the recap and also talking about West Virginia, just that's the one team we haven't played. Obviously, the last time we played um, Oklahoma State, I can quickly run those stats for you. Um, but the big the big problem was the bigs, and honestly, once Caleb went out, uh, they were raining down threes, which Oklahoma State's not really known for. Um, so having grill back will be huge in the presence of Avery Anderson isn't going to be knocking down six three or sorry I was looking at free throws he's not knocking down two threes I mean they they had I mean overall they 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 knocked down nine threes and Iowa State doesn't really allow that Iowa State also on the counter of that went two of nine big part not having Caleb Jaron only shot one um, Gabe went two of four so I, you know. It was kind of the threes were what really decided this game, but what Oklahoma State is is their presence underneath with their bigs and their shot blocking ability. So it, it just kind of comes down to I think having Caleb back will give Iowa State that edge. I mean, Iowa State had 10, was up 10 with Caleb in that game. Once he was out, it sputtered. So, yeah, that was just another game where you blew the lead, but I mean, like you said, once Caleb goes out of the game, Every single time it's happened, you see the perimeter defense really suffer and teams start hitting threes. And Avery Anderson, I think, made three threes in the second half. His first three of the season or something like that seems to always happen. But, I mean, like you said, their bigs are what they like to play through. It's a lot of lob lob action, so I think that zone could be effective with Shun down there. Um, I think Caleb Boone was actually the player of the week this year for the Big 12, so it'll be interesting. that match, both matchups this week are kind of tough. Just looking at rosters and size wise, but I it's think, two completely different brands too. Right, and it's one's very guard heavy, one's very big heavy. So I think we're definitely a better team than both of them. Yeah, but you go on the road to Morgantown where you don't win. Yeah, it's just and you play a team with bigs that we've struggled with in the past. So it it'll be interesting. Yeah, but I mean, overall, um, another good opportunity for Iowa State. As Brandon mentioned um, earlier, it's not a situation where you need to, right? I mean, at this point, Iowa State probably, you don't even need to win out at at home, but it's you need to win three of four, right? Yeah, it depends what your If If your expectations or if your goals are being a regular season Big 12 title, then yes, you need to win your remaining home games and you need to win in Morgantown, you need to win you probably need to win out at home and win 204 on the road to give yourself a shot and yeah, hope and, some other teams drop and that's really tough so I, I still because I mean then you're asking Iowa State over the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games to go six and two not, not to say happens. it isn't possible I mean I, I certainly see Iowa State winning if I'm going to be completely honest I kind of see Iowa State going four and four winning four in Hilton losing or four remaining on the road. And that's fine. Yeah. So, but, you, you know, if you're kind of asking Iowa State to go win those four at home and then get two on the road with your best opportunities are probably West Virginia and I'd say K-State. So, basically, you're asking Iowa State to go uh, win five in a row dating back to Kansas before going to Austin, which isn't going to happen. So, you know, Iowa State can certainly 
if you want to go for that winning a regular season Big 12 title, sure, go ahead. Um, not to say you can't, not to say it isn't possible. I just don't really see it happening. And at this point, getting a three seed in Kansas City would be my hope because uh, that probably gives Iowa State a uh, four seed or three seed in the big tourney. And also, I don't really want to open up with Baylor and get the 4, 5, 11 a.m. slot. Um, so, yeah, I think my big thing, like I said, I don't really want to play Baylor back-to-back games opening round. Um, and honestly, I could still see Baylor making a run and getting, like, second or something. Um, I think, you know, if Iowa State got a three, my best guess is they're weirdly playing Kansas or TCU. Probably TCU just before the time that Mike Miles is out. Um, which honestly, I've kind of also hate that because if you're you beat them twice, if you're winning at a home, either way, not to get too in depth with that, we still have a month left of the season before we get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, like I said, getting a podium finish in the Big Twelve regular season is where where I'm at and what I'm wanting. I think it's I'm still on the board that it's kind of crazy to expect a Big Twelve regular season title right now. That yeah. expectation is kind of out of whack. You look at our the rest of our schedule, you have three ranked teams in a row, two of them on the road against two of them that you've already beat, three of them you've already beat. So I'm expecting probably anywhere from three and five to five and three the rest of the way out. Um, obviously, if you win your home games, that's great. And we haven't been a great road team thus far. So. Hey, man, they're road dogs. That, that lasted for two games. Kalsher had to make some crazy shot after he blew another lead. Yeah. That one doesn't get brought up because we won. Weird how that works. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, they put themselves in a good position. It shouldn't be too stressful the rest of the way out. No, and certainly this this team has put themselves in a position where I think they are really, depending who your day one opponent is in Kansas City, I think maybe the two teams that are most capable of making a run – of three games in four days um, is probably TCU and Iowa State if you have a healthy Mike Miles. I just think those teams are the most equally balanced. Um, so, I mean, Iowa State, as long as you get past round one, I would not be shocked to see Ots get his first uh, ring in uh, Hilton South. So, Yeah, and that was TJ's first win against Kansas, which should close out. He's beat every team now. Sounds of the right. traditional Big 12, I guess that I mean, next year. But. We beat West Virginia once, didn't we, last year? Yep, we won that at home, the Brockington game that oh, you missed. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so then, yeah, he's beaten everyone, so. That's fun. Yeah. I think the only teams he hasn't beat that he's played is UConn, and I don't even know. He's beat pretty much everybody now. Did we lose to in Sweet 16? Miami. That's it. There you go. Um... Yeah, so I think that's all we got left for you guys. Um, like we've mentioned throughout this, uh, Iowa State's got a big opportunity. It's their most winnable 2-0 and week that they have for the rest of the year, I would say. They have a more winnable two-game stretch um, with Oklahoma and West Virginia at, at home. And you can also argue Saturday to next Wednesday, back-to-back home games with Oklahoma State and TCU are also a winnable 2-0 and stretch. Um, but in terms of going 2-0 and in an overall week, this is going to be Iowa State's final opportunity of the season. Not that it's a huge deal by any means, but um, I don't know. Not splitting would be nice, I guess. Yeah. 
What's your expectation for this week, record-wise? Or I guess the next three is a better way of putting it. Um, I, w- I guess my expectations 2-0, my predictions 1-1. One one. I think, as you said earlier, this Iowa State is a better team than both these teams. But I just don't really see them going into Morgantown and winning. It'll be close, but I just don't really see them winning that game. Again, that, that's nothing against this team. It speaks to the level of this conference and how it's really hard to win on the road. And the fact that Iowa State did it two games in a row is you're going to be something you're going to look back on and be really impressed at, yeah. um, especially that early on in conference play. Um, so, yeah, I guess my expectation certainly is, is 2-0. and These are, as we've noted, this is not the bottom two. It is the gap it's it's the it's the difference between the top six and the bottom two, and there is a there. I still believe there is a large gap between um, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Tech in Oklahoma. I think there's a big gap there still. So, um, but this is your best opportunity. Like I've mentioned in the last few minutes, to go two and zero. I just don't know if I see it happening. I'm gonna be optimistic for oh. first time on this podcast. I think guys. We're going, this, we're going 3-0 the next three games. Okay. Four straight. So if we go 0-3, this is Brandon's fault for being positive. I'll take responsibility for <laughs> 0-3. Losing 2 at Hilton the first two of the year. The good news is I'm not going to have to wait on this. It pretty much just comes down to Wednesday. Yeah. And it's good that that's also a 6 o'clock and not an 8. Which one? West Virginia. Oh, yeah. I don't love playing in Morgantown at 8 o'clock. I don't like waiting for 8 o'clock games that are on the road, period. And yeah. a lot of people also argue they don't like 8 o'clock games, period, in general. I like 8 o'clock when they're at home. The fun thing is we get we have an 8 o'clock game on the road at Texas, but nobody's watching that game anyway. I don't really want to watch that. We're going to get <laughs> rolled. Yeah. We're probably going to beat K-State on the road and then just lose by 30 at Texas. Tyrese goes for 45 points or something. Yeah, yeah that sounds about we right. We got our win against him. We're good now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys, uh, that's, that's all we got for you this week. Um, as always, like I mentioned earlier, an easier way to find us on Twitter is just checking in the description and you can probably copy paste it just so you don't mess it up, I guess. Um, but it is at side of the storm on Twitter. And as I mentioned, um, me and Brandon's personal Twitters will be down there. Um, I do warn you, um, I not right now, but by the time we get to football season, you're going to get a larger, a lot of chargers content. So if you want to follow me, um, be ready for that. Um, if you do like someone screaming at coaching staffs, then there, then there you go. Yeah. The mute button is also helpful. True. That that is yeah. If you just want to mute me on Sundays, you still get the follow. Yeah. You know what? Do that. There you go. Build me up. Um, but yeah, guys. Um, uh, Brandon, any closing thoughts? I'm interesting. I'm interested to see the Lady Mountaineer on Wednesday. That's a new thing this year. Okay. And we weren't there for football, so first time seeing that. Yeah. It's kind of a weird mark to leave it off of, but <laughs> there you go. That, Lady Mountaineer. I hope the cowboy doesn't come to Ames because that thing drives me nuts. <sighs> Pistol Pete. Uh, well, yeah, guys, we appreciate you guys tuning in. We will ba- be back here um, again as normal on Tuesday. Iowa State has another Wednesday game uh, next week as their first one, um, so we'll have you a day early again. Um, until next time, you guys, uh, roll clones, baby. <laughs>